1: back to the starship lorecast the starfield lorecast show with tom and dave dave's here with me i'm here i'm still getting over a cold you might have listened to the audio episode i did last week about the patch and everything that's coming out my brain's still a little bit scrambled i'm still fighting off this cold but dave's here and he uh got attacked by a toddler dave how's it
2: going Uh, it's going well uh toddler attacks how to prevent them they're kind of like terramorph attacks you know what i mean yeah wait your toddler is there like jerry seinfeld in uh like starfield is there like a character like that because i feel like that i could probably spin that into something
1: yeah probably I mean? probably also toddlers uh mess with you psychologically like a terror morph does so could be there you go could be. Uh, but welcome back everybody this is another lore episode we're getting into the a very important war you might think oh they're going to talk about the colony wars nope There's a war before the Colony Wars that we have to cover in order to get to the Colony Wars for them for that whole thing to make sense. So we are talking about the Narion War and a little bit about the foundations of the UC and Freestar Collective and the things that kind of led up into this event and why it is so important in the history of everything that's going on. So, Dave, we're jumping back in time again. We're going... I mean, if it's 2330 currently in Starfield, we're jumping back almost 200 years, right? To like the yeah.
2: foundations of the UC. Yeah, pretty much the that, that foundational element of the UC really started fairly early after, um, you know, a, after the exodus from Earth um, of, of just people getting together. Um, and and I hadn't realized really until I looked into it, other colony ships and, and like I knew that that was a thing and how they got there. But I didn't realize that like. New Atlantis was made by a colony ship that is specifically named Galileo. I thought that I thought that, that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, uh, well, um, I would imagine the colony ships and generation ships, colony ships don't necessarily have to be generational ships. So a colony ship with a grav drive wouldn't act like the one we talked about a few episodes ago, where it took right. hundreds of years, right? It, a colony ship can still just be a big ship with lots of people on it and a lot of supplies in order to create a colony. And could have traveled in very very short amount of time with the grav drive, right? So, right. So this one, so the actual the actual planet Jemison was colonized when is this twenty one fifty six by the colony ship Galileon, G- Galileon, Galileon.
2: Oh, that's a that's a typo. I think it's called Galileo. Galileo. Um, okay, Galileo. <laughs> there's a typo. Would, in. I'm like, that's no, a no,
1: weird th- word.
2: There's an autocorrect <laughs> situation. I think it's uh, a Gal- Galileo was the was the name of the colony ship that, that landed there. Um, that's my bad. That's not Tom's bad though. I could. I I'm like the thing, reading the notes and I'm it.
1: like, wait, is this really the name of it? It's it Galileo. This is what I'm
2: trying to do. I'm trying to tr- I'm trying to trick you after all this Digipic con- uh, controversy. I'm trying to like <laughs> I'm trying to catch you. Um, messing up but this uh ship landed on jimison and what they did was they found this like giant waterfall they were like oh that'd be cool what if we made like a big dam there yeah Um, that
1: natural power source right a bunch of water coming off a mountain
2: (laughs) that creates a lot of power right so they did that uh and that's why everything is like very water-based in new atlantis like the, the well a lot of the different like You know, hub areas are kind of like themed around water. Water is a feature um, because it's uh, using that hydroelectric power that they had originally come up with as the idea for that settlement. So it existed for, I would say, around three years. The new Atlanta settlement. They kind of built it up. They had a lot of stuff going on. It was becoming kind of like a uh, a mecca for space travel and exploration it's become like the settlement the hit place the hit place where the cool kids are going to you know what i mean
1: right right so within the next three years you have the foundation of the actual united colonies based around this as the the central location
2: right that's that's effectively what happened was they said okay we're the united colonies i think it was the soul wolf and uh the alpha centauri system got together they were like we're going to make an official thing an official faction called the united colonies we're going to do safer space travel and trade between these different systems we're going to have some regulations there's going to be kind of like a security thing that we're going to do as well we're going to more openly share resources um kind of it's not a confederation it's more of like a centralized government that oversees all of these systems and and stuff Um, a lot of the Uh, The original economy for the United Colonies was based off of that Sidonia mine. So there's a lot of mining operations that were going on across a number of different systems. And the UC was kind of an an arm to protect all of that stuff so they could get resources without having to deal with pirate spacers, et cetera. Right.
1: Okay. So the the United Colonies gets founded, right? And they have a whole policy of like citizenship earned through military service, which we still see in 2330. Uh, This was a very early part of it, though, this idea that you have to serve and help other people through your military service in order to make sure that you can become a citizen and then reap the benefits from the UC, right?
2: Right, and and it, it takes several years for that to happen. It's not like in the, in the game where like you stumble upon some massive uh, conspiracy and end up saving the world pretty much in like the span of a week. Right, and they're and like, it, "Oh, it, here's it, an it, apartment. It, you're cool now." <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, this for normal people takes years of service. Um, much like much like the American military with um, regards to um, citizenship. Uh, yeah. With yeah. Um, like like a lot of immigrants, kids will um, go to the military to try to get like documents and papers for their parents that are my in
1: America. My grandfather actually was a first generation American. This was like a hundred years ago. He like my mom was the last of five kids. And in the 19 uh, teens, made his way to the United States, not old enough to serve in the military military, lied about his age in order to get into the military because that was a path towards citizenship at the time. This was just like post World War One. Um, so, like, this is a thing that happens in the real world, and we have precedence for this in the United States. So, so that's kind of the philosophy, and, and just real quick overview of the origins of the UC. We also have the Free Star Collective a few years later being founded, right? About thirty years later, after all of this stuff in twenty one eighty eight, and that's right. the whole story with Solomon Co. You see a statue in the center of town, all of that, right?
2: Right, and and there's a. a, a I forget what exactly it's called. If it's an edict or a bill or something that the, the United Colonists comes up and they're like, hey, there's people that want to go do the faction thing. We're going to go let them, you know, be able to settle stuff and, and and make their own, you know, like there's you run into it in the game of like certain families own some systems, homesteads, and like, and homesteaders, yeah, like that, that kind that. of stuff. It's almost like a manifest destiny kind of thing that they um, that they set up on or a land grabbers deal like they had in America way back in like the 1800s Right. Squ- Quatters, it's like, hey, quatters rights yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Right. Um, it seems like that's what they institute. But Solomon Co. was kind of the first one to be like, hey, I'm going to make my thing here in Aquila City. I've got these founding families. We're all hanging out together. And then I'm going to get together with Neon, who is another great trade city. And I think it's the Volley system. Um We're going to get together. We're going to make the Freestar Collective. So me and you, we're going to do great trade because we're both outside of the thing. And then we can have our own security force. So we're not going to be bullied around by the United colonies, pretty much. Right. So they're more of a confederacy compared to to what
1: you see is doing it's it's more loosely governed everybody has control over their own things and yet they're in a cooperative agreement with each other they don't kind of at least they try not to step on each other's rights and privileges in each other's places but they all know that they're part of the free star collective they're all working together right
2: right it's it's more of a light a light confederation think um like like the star wars government is is very much like hey we send a rap um every so often to go look into big issues that span across all the stuff. But for the most part, like on our planets, we do things our own way. We're going to make a bunch of drugs on this planet and and not allow you to leave with any <laughs> of the drugs. But this is just where you're, this is the planet you're going to do the drugs at. So just be happy about that.
1: Right. So there's um, no there's basically no federal oversight. Uh, that's the big difference is the UC has a lot of federal oversight. Everybody does what the federal government says and everyone has to, you know, fit within these confines of the law. But the Freestar Collective is a confederacy, so there's no federal mandate that you have to do certain things. They can say, hey, this is kind of what everyone else is doing. Maybe you should do it, too. But each individual location has their own freedom to make those choices, right? So there's a there's a, a psychological rift there, right? There's a very different perspective on governance and what that means and personal freedoms and all of that, which actually leaks all the way down to the individual level of what people do and how they live their lives. So this is kind of the foundation for what happens with the Narion incident, right?
2: Right. The um, The Narion incident begins. It's pretty much a, a system that's settled by some some homesteaders. They're independent. They're not with any faction. Then one day, a space station shows up that says that there's a clinic um, and they're uh, uh, orbiting the planet Deepala in Naryon. <laughs> it's the a big UC gas giant, saying, right? The yeah. UC is saying that's ours. That's our uh, our medical facility uh, that's stationed there. Right. And so on the surface, that
1: sounds like, oh, there's a bunch of homesteaders in this system. The UC is putting a medical system, like a medical place for you know a place that they can get to and help these people out that seems like a good idea but the free stars not have any of any of that they're going this is colonial stuff this is you sticking your neck into a system that you don't have rights to with your own space station we can't deal with that that's that's no good you've basically broken
2: the confines of our agreement Right. And, and you get different stories based on who you talk to in the game when it re- comes to this medical station itself, because like, if you go, generally one of the first places you're going to go is is that museum with everything that's going to lay out, everything out. And they're just going to say, yeah, that was a medical facility that we put out there. I don't know why they're so mad about that, but in actuality, that was probably one of their early ways of doing that colonialization of putting their foot out there almost as like, you know, think about like Jesuit missionaries and that kind of stuff for like, um, the Spanish government back during the you know conquering of the Caribbean, South America at that time, Th- that was kind of their way into doing it, right? Well, we can't be doing anything bad. These are that.
1: religious people who are offering you know help to the natives, and they're teaching them how to read, and they're they're helping them with medicine, and they're doing all of these wonderful things. All the while, the whole point that they're doing that is in order to colonize and take over their land. It's kind of like a. It looks on the surface like it's a good thing, but it's a very selfish thing <laughs> that's just kind of wrapped right. in this yeah.
2: So that that could be what's going on here. It, it could be and and that's what a lot of the settlers in Narian decided was hey, this is not cool. We're not cool with this. So but but we can't do anything. We can't come together and be like, no, you can't do that. So you kind of need to get a bigger power involved. So they petition the Freestar Collective essentially to, to join their alliance. It's kind of like, you know, here's statehood for for Narian. Uh We need your help because the UC is here. They're trying to effectively take us over.
1: Right. So I'm sure that all went really well, right? Like everyone was like, <laughs> oh, it's cool. OK, yeah, we're just going to move the space station somewhere else.
2: Uh, so the Freestar Collective pretty much they said yes, yeah, sure we're we're good for this we're, we'll be there in a second and sent their fleet and then it was kind of like a confusing year it seems where like nobody really knew what was going on but then the UC showed up uh, pretty much a year after the Free Star Collective showed up in the system and then nobody talked about anything nobody had like any agreements everyone just started killing each other. It's
1: like it's like everything just heated to the point where like nobody was going to change what they were doing like you know we're, we're staying no we're staying okay well then all of a sudden conflict erupts right now right. this actually lasts a considerable amount of time right like this isn't just like one quick little conflict some ships shot at each other maybe somebody tried to bomb the the clinic and then that was it like this became an actual like entrenched conflict and the first time that we have conflict between ships with grav drives Which I'm sure changes the way warfare works completely, because it's not like, it's not like that dumb chase in that Star Wars (laughs) one of the the more recent Star Wars movies where they're just like going, uh, like chasing each other very what appears very slow. I'm sure they're moving very fast, but
2: compared to you know jumping, it's it's very slow. It's it's not like one of those moments. (laughs) Yeah. So this is 20 years of pretty much ship armadas. Attacking each other, jumping into the system, attacking, taking key points, taking other places. Then the other, you know, Armada comes in. They get them. Then like it's like a, a cycle that continues. Imagine twenty like we don't have a concept for twenty years of war, like you know, in a modern setting, like uh, tw- twenty it's, years of conflict. Just kind yeah. of you know. Well,
1: yeah, it's it's like a big protracted Vietnam or Middle East conflict or something like that. Right. Uh, And similar to those conflicts, it feels kind of like a proxy war because you don't actually have the conflict happening like right in Akilah City. Right. Or, you know, like in any of the the main home locations. This is one of those systems that's kind of out there. It's a bunch of settlers. So it's. It's relatively pristine, and it doesn't necessarily stay that way, uh, but you end up with just this is the place everyone goes to fight in order to. Yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of times in, in conflicts like this between nations in our own world, but then also in this, it's it's a measuring stick, right? It's a measuring contest. It's a let's see what we've got. Let's see what they've got. And let's find out how we actually match up so that if things actually do become more heated, we're going to know what we're up against.
2: Right. The this feels like in the Vietnam is probably a salient point, Tom, because I'm thinking about, um, you know, the precursor to Vietnam was was likely the Korean War. Yeah. Um, that, that was America and Russia getting together and, and fighting each other by via a proxy nation of, hey, we did this thing. It was bad. It didn't it didn't work out for anyone. There was no like real winner to to that war, Um, but it it lasted for a while. And and was that first like real proxy war um, in in the modern age, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Like nobody
1: nobody actually benefits. Lots of people die. Lots of money is thrown into it. And at the most each of the governments now have a, a better sense of like what their military will do against the other military. But right. It's it's just kind of I mean, more in general is kind of a loss for everybody most of the time. So um, so this this lasts like 20 years. And then how does it how does it end?
2: It pretty much ends like how Vietnam ended, um, where the UC was doing pretty well. But all of its citizens were just really upset that they just continually killed humans for 20 years. They were just killing people. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the the press almost behind it, like that public relations piece of it was just making the United colonies out to be some killer that's out here, just like causing war in systems, creating a big mess in areas that they have no business being like, it became kind of like a pushback so that people started apparently, um, protesting in large amounts in the city.
1: Yeah. And, and again, this is another real world thing. Like, think about the protests during the 1960s and 70s. Right. Yeah. So okay. So things basically
2: chilled out. Both both groups kind of backed off. Uh, for the most part, the, it seems like that the United Colonies had. If you read the history and go through it, it's impossible to tell who was actually ahead because the United Colonies would be like, "Well, we were ahead." Up until this thing or the Freestar Collective will say, oh, we were up ahead up until this thing. So nobody's like quite sure who had like it's all propaganda. It's all
1: historical propaganda. Yeah,
2: right. Which which is interesting that you're introduced to that museum first. Like it seems like first in the game, whereas like a lot of the Freestar Collective stuff, they don't have a museum outside of the Samco You know, Heritage History Museum, which is really just like going to like, I don't know, Mountain Vernon or some like Colonial Williamsburg place where it's like, here's the knife that Sam Coe used when he was hanging out in Aquila. (laughs) Like Here's a stuffed bear.
1: It's not the bear he killed. It's just another
2: bear. And it's similar. And we've got a big bear for you to look at. Right. So uh, having that level of propaganda as you're coming into there, kind of kind of excuse history. And that was why it was kind of hard to, like, piece together some of this lore for the purposes of the war. Yeah, because everybody was in a different place. But the the main loss was that public relations, like I talked about um, from the UC. So they got together and they were like, okay, we need to end this conflict. Let's sign a treaty, um, which they called the Narian Treaty. Mm-hmm.
1: And so- and that very specifically created even more defined boundaries as to what the UC is, what the Freestar Collective is, where they can and can't go, how they're supposed to interact and all of that, right? And then eventually, I mean, we even talked about um, House of kind of getting wrapped into some of the treaties as time moves on eventually as well, and how they're like, we're one of the big players too, everybody!
2: (laughs) Like, we want to be in a treaty! (laughs) I mean, that's not exactly what happened, but it's pretty close. So the the treaty of Narian was formed um it had a a few different things and concessions um the united colonies pretty much wanted like reparations but they didn't they knew that like money like actual money payouts wouldn't be a thing so they uh they wanted mineral rights to a lot of different places across the galaxy so that was basically the, their form of like hey we have rights to these minerals we're going to mine them that's going to make the money back for the reparations for the war so Yep. Leave us alone when it comes to mining. pretty right. much. Let us, um,
1: you know, these are our natural sources. So, like, leave our miners alone. Ooh, this is our
2: material now. Right. Off limits. And then the UC wanted to create essentially a three system limit for factions. Um, so the UC decided, OK, we're going to have Alpha Centauri, Sol and Wolf. And the Free Star Collective can have Cheyenne. Uh, Volley and Narian.
1: This seems very, very strategic because a, a system with a federal government cannot grow as fast as a confederation of different locations because anybody can go settle any of these other systems even without FreeStar sending them out there. like People who have nothing to do with FreeStar can go settle a system, and then years later, when the population has risen to a certain point, when they have certain materials or benefits, they can go, hey, we wanna join the FreeStar, and all of a sudden, the FreeStar is expanding exponentially compared to the UC, who has to be more intentional about sending things out and controlling that expansion. At least, that would be my assumption about that. Like, How often do you see a sovereign nation just go, oh, that country over there. Yeah, you can come join us. No, normally it's we have to settle it. We have to control the, the colonization or, or conquest of that other place. Right.
2: Right. And it goes back to how how like how did the Freestar Collective get Narian? Well, they really didn't get anything. They they got asked. They were like, hey, we're in trouble. The UC is coming for us. Can you help us? It wasn't even like, a, oh, now we're at that size. You know, I'm, we're thinking about getting together. Yeah. It's the threat of the UC that is allowing the Freestar Collective to grow. So they see this conflict. They're like, OK, yeah, sure. You can have Narian. Sure. We don't. We killed a bunch of people there. You can have it. Right, but right. you also can't grow there, there. There's no reason for you to grow, which <laughs> is, it seems totally backwards for what you would want that Freestar Collective to be, because that's not it's not an imperial group. I mean, if you if you do the Ranger storyline, you're like, well, crap, there's no. Freaking Law and Order anywhere! I'm just one guy, and there's like ten of us rangers, and we all have little little shacks on each planet. We try to help out people with. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's just it's the
1: same thing that happens in like politics, where you only have two choices, and both choices might be terrible. But because you hate one choice more than the other, you go to the other side. So anybody who is turned off by the UC naturally would end up in the Free Star. Right. And if they're part of another system, then again, that's that group would grow very quickly, at least by numbers of systems
2: and things like that. So especially if it's like a natural growth, because like I think about it, like in terms of trade, like the UC is not going to allow like a a second neon to happen. They're going to be like, no, that's ours. That's yeah. us. Yeah. But that, you know, a, a settlement like that, where let's say that they're trading. Oh, everyone really wants metal straws. So we have this like a factory of metal straws and everybody across the galaxy wants them. The, the UC isn't going to allow them to join the Freakstar Collective. They're going to say, no, that's actually you should join us because we're the best and you can't go do the other thing. Like, It's very like not allowing the other one to actually fully commit to anything, even though they may want to. Right. It also keeps somebody, let's
1: say somebody in another system that's in neither of those two groups has a similar situation where they're like, we're in trouble. We need your help. And by this, neither group can. They can go help them, but they can't assimilate them into the group because it will expand the number of systems. So it's it's very it's a very smart limitation on the side of the UC. But I can see how that probably isn't going to hold out forever.
2: But. right and and we know we know that it doesn't um but i think getting into all of that is probably it's, it's more appetite i don't have enough appetite for that i feel like <laughs> this is a good morsel to chew on today maybe another time we can uh we can continue down that road and see you know what happens. see
1: what happens with the colony wars wink, wink wink yeah um i did a very bad wink right there with i use both eyes back and forth um, eh, eh, eh. all right. Uh, well, we're going to go thank our patrons and then we're going to come back with some discussion questions and talk about a little bit more about this in, in specific detail. So don't go anywhere.
0: Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine dollars each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today.
1: All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons. Thank you to everybody who helps support us over on Patreon.com slash StarfieldLoreCast. And big shout-outs to our Shepard tier patrons, uh, Commander Marcus Shepard and Worst Action Hero, and to all of our current patrons, thank you so much for your support. I hope you are enjoying the ad-free episodes, and those of you who have signed up for things like stickers and T-shirts, I hope you're enjoying those as they start to show up very soon, because it'll be... I don't know, this has been up for almost two months now, so maybe in the next month or so you'll start getting the first shipment because they go out every three months. Also, a reminder, if you have signed up as a space pirate or space lord, then you can join us for our patron chats. The next one is coming up. We're recording this on a Monday because our schedules are all weird because of you know holidays and stuff. Uh, But we're doing the next one on the 27th. So Monday the 27th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Come join us for that if you are one of the patrons who are, we've got a number of you who are signed up at these tiers. We'd love to hear your perspectives and you get to help choose what we talk about on the episode. So let us know what you think over on the discord. Um, also, we've got some new reviews, Dave. I saved these. Uh, I did that quick little episode where we t- talked about the, uh, the patch and all the stuff that's coming out. But I didn't go over some of these new reviews that came in. We have three new ones. This one is from Me Greenhouse in, United, in the United States, who writes, Great guys, keep them coming. Listening to the latest show. And yes, uh, the more areas close close to each other to explore and one thing i would love to see is alien beings like mass effect lol um, we were talking on that episode about how like jumping from distance to distance and all that stuff uh we are traveling the galaxy and humans are pretty much it but i love the game and this podcast i listen as often as possible keep them coming guys so thank you so much uh, me greenhouse uh, this one comes from jwg335 in the US who writes excellent during my free time this podcast is the only thing that can grab my attention away from playing the game itself well done and thank you well thank you very much and then one more from sugarman777 from Australia who writes for all into the lore cast Tom and Dave are entertaining and I've loved every minute I've heard so far. Expect some deep dives into the lore and some quality banter as well. Uh, I think they like our jokes, Dave. That's that's what that means.
2: Put me on tour.
1: (laughs) So thank you for taking the time to leave those reviews. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on a future episode just like these. You can also rate us on Spotify. You can share us with your friends. You can play it while you're in the car doing your uber drives there you go that's a way to share Doing your uber drives doing your that's what it's called it's called doing your uber drives uh let's move on with the rest of the show here we go all right dave we got some discussion questions
2: you want to kick us off yeah, I kind of wanted to continue our discussion. We, we were talking about um the differences of uh, what human settlements would eventually grow into and who they would want to join based off what's going on. So we we were kind of circling around, oh well, like protection is an important thing once you get up there into, you know, you, you're I talked about the metal straw factory <laughs> once you're up to that level. Mm-hmm. So my question is Does the Freestar Collective benefit or need the Crimson Fleet or Spacers? So, so like, are, okay,
1: wait, wait, I'm trying to parse this in a, in a way that uh, makes sense to me. Having a group like the Crimson Fleet, Crimson Fleet, or the dangerous just nature of Spacers out there, you're saying in some way that could be beneficial to the Freestar Collective?
2: Yeah, I think that it is it it could be beneficial to them because that's that's a threat. That's when you have, you know, they're looking at areas and you see it in the game where they're going to settlements. Uh, I think Ground Pounder was one of them where like mm-hmm. hey, th- there's something that's happening in this system, we're going to go there. And then we're invading the entire system and it's so spread out and there's so many things going on that it's hard for. I think there was another quest with like three different families that were trying to all come together to fight the spacers like that's hard to combat without an actual setup of security. Right. Some sort of general security, local sheriff
1: or something, you know, some 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 sort of authority that can step in and and help protect you. Um, So you're so. okay because initially I was like, uh, (laughs) do they need them as in like could could be combined with them, like work with them? Uh, But what you're saying is the fact that they exist is actually a boon to the Free Star
2: Collective because it creates demand. Right. Um, and and yeah. that's and that's from the perspective of the of the United Colonies and what they're trying to do. They are trying to increase the amount of resources that they have. They're trying to, you know, create this. They have a centralized system where they are generating, especially when it comes to like minerals and mining. Like that's their whole economy, and they don't really they don't need other settlements to get involved with them because they are the primary purveyors of those materials like you have to trade with them in order to get in any kind of like settlement or gate like they are kind of the gatekeeper for that as opposed to an upstart which is saying hey we're not trying to take your materials we're not trying to take stuff from you we're just coming together to say okay this is like a few like top five things we can agree on and also we're going to help you with your security like, if, yeah, if you were a settlement coming up, that's that's beneficial, especially if you've got the spacers, the raiders that are kind of looming out there that are constantly a threat.
1: Right, I would imagine that they, the, both the UC and the Freestar Collective work distinctly different enough. So if there is a, let's say, a homestead location somewhere and it's from the UC, then that was something that this centralized government decided, okay, this is gonna be a thing, we're gonna make sure that we have some military in the area in order to help protect them, and then the spacers don't become as much of a threat because it's formalized. This is an area that we decided to plant, we seeded this, and now we have some oversight from the military in order to make sure that spacers and the Crimson Fleet are less likely to intervene, even though they do, right? When it comes to the FreeStar, it's like people just have the freedom to go wherever they want, they plant their own things, and there may not be oversight there. So when trouble happens, inevitably, because there isn't any oversight, they then go back to the FreeStar or they contact them and say, help, help, we need help. Okay, we'll work with you because if you're gonna come help us, then we'll we'll be part of your organization. Whereas if they went to the UC, the UC is gonna go, well, you're not one of ours. Like. We're not sending military to go help you out. You're not one of ours. We didn't send you out there. What were, what were you doing? Why would you even do that? So it's that philosophical difference which actually creates more benefit. Like to the UC, the Crimson Fleet and the Spacers are just a cost. They're a cost of doing business, of colonizing and expanding your empire. For the Free Star, they become a benefit because. Anybody who's out there doing stuff on their own is going to need support. And that's the only place they really can go to get protection. That's right, what you're saying.
2: Losing their entire identity yeah. and their goods and their livelihood. Like that's that's the <sighs> thing. And I think it's interesting that. The Crimson Fleet quest line is so tied into the UC Vanguard because, like, it kind of makes sense why, like, the Free Star Rangers don't really care about the Crimson Fleet. They're like, no, they're busy like stealing from the UC and like really like mounting attacks from it. They're like doing their own thing over there. It doesn't really bother us because they're organized enough that they're not coming into town and and holding up a bank. Like they are literal thieves that are just like stealing stuff. They're not there to like kill and maim so it's like a part of business it's almost like a black market that's allowed to exist it feels like from the from the perspective of the free star collective
1: right like why would we go solve this for the uc and it also creates more demand from the places that settle to want to join us because they need our help when they do show up so yeah i I could see that right um okay so and
2: that kind of fills in that 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 kind of like blank area where now the United Colonies is kind of stymied themselves from that, um, you know, c- colonization that they were trying to do in Narian, in but that was the the catalyst for them to join Freestar Collective. And now they have other players that are saying, OK, well, we're, we can be a catalyst that other systems may want to join the Freestar Collective.
1: Right. Yeah, I could totally see how that all works. So I guess when it comes down to it, who is more in the right? Do you think a system that works like the UC is better? Like, well, let's just talk from the perspective of the average citizen. Like, if you let's say you were deciding you wanted to become a citizen of one of these factions, you're coming from some some plantation somewhere out in the you know deeps of space, and you're like, I'm tired of this, you know, frontier lifestyle. I'm gonna move into one of the major cities which one do you go with? Which one do you feel from your perspective is more is more right or more beneficial to you as an individual?
2: Yeah it, it comes from I, I think what level of involvement you want and, and wh- what level of leadership you want. So it seems like from from my perspective, you can join the United Colonies, unless you you get put on some wild wacky mission to save the world, you're pretty much on a set scape. There's there's not there's not many ways to improve upon your level of status within that society. So like for people that want to play it safe, it seems like the United Colonies could be the way to go because, oh, we've got this, this, like the process lined out for what citizenship is. This is what we're involved with. This is what we're not involved with. You know, it, it, there's more clear rules, I think with the United colonies. Yeah. But also, but also less
1: risk, but also you have less autonomy, right?
2: Right, and so if you were like a self starter, you were like, oh, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm a fledgling metal straw maker, um, so so I want to really, you know, you know, spring onto the scene and really get people's cups in the air. Uh, if you <laughs> if you have that drive, like maybe the free star collective would be better because you're the, the limitations on your contribution are not. Um, you know, set over time, like you can burn hot and, and get a lot from that as opposed to joining the United Colony.
1: But there's more personal risk. It's almost like the difference in our own world of do I take the corporate career route, which is it's, it's a longer, more step through process, but safer, quote unquote, because you get insurance and you have competitive pay. And if you don't work out in this job, you might be able to go work for a competitor and get a similar job. Right. There's it feels cushier and. It's it has less risk, but there's also way less chance that you're going to rocket to the top. And all of a sudden you're going to be CEO of that corporation, whereas you could make the choice of just starting your own business where there's a lot of risk, but there's a lot of reward if you're really good at it. And then you can create something from very little and you're not bound by the limitations. You don't have to you deal with H.R. You don't have to like especially if you're on your own boss, you want to take the day off. You don't have to get approval and, you know, use your. Your, your your sick days or any of that kind of stuff right so it, it's right. almost like those are these are the two options right and i can see why there is a conflict between both of those and people who think one of those lifestyles is better than the other
2: yeah uh, it comes back i think of the analogy There, it, my, my second hobby is kind of wrestling um and there's two major companies wwe and, and aew and but you actually wrestle no, I, I watch wrestling. Oh, okay. And I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not doing the wrestling. a bump on my head totally from wrestling. Um, but but those two companies, like uh, one is you get in there. And they have a program and it takes you years. And like, you can't, even if you're young, like it's, it's hard to like burn hot, mm-hmm. um, and, and for them to allow that because they kind of have like a set motion where everybody has their time, you're kind of waiting and, and there's a lot more rules and things that you can do as opposed to, you know, but, but, but that's a longer lasting. So you can have, you know, the, everyone knows who the rock is. Everyone knows who John Cena is like, they are a factory that makes these like super top level superstars as opposed to AEW where they're signing a lot of independent wrestlers that are like, hey, if you can come here for two or three years and put on some really crazy wrestling matches, like that would be great. So a lot of younger people are saying, okay, well, I have the the social know-how how to run a social media campaign. I know how to do a lot of these extra things that it takes, yeah. video packages, that kind of stuff. I can do that. It's the same kind of setup, I think, for Freestar Collective and United Colonies. You this if I can relate everything to wrestling, um, and metal straws today that would be um, top <laughs> two. Don't wrestle with metal straws. That sounds very dangerous. It's uh, a death match. How would you want to get
1: stabbed by a straw? it just like hollows out like a core through you. Oh god. Yeah, the, the blood starts right. out the other end. You know. All right. So to I guess to get to the final point here, who actually was in the right when it came to Narion It was. Like it seems like Freestar was reactive to the situation. And so they stepped in. But it also seems like the UC was using some what seemed like good reasons. Let's put a clinic up to help these people as kind of a nefarious way to kind of work them their way into that system.
2: Yeah. And and it comes back to what did the citizens want? And the citizens did not want the state of the art clinic. Like that's that's the thing, even if it, you know, it probably was kind of underhanded of like, oh, we'll do this. And but when it comes to just the clinic itself, the citizens were like, no, we don't want that. Right. We don't want you here. But they couldn't do anything.
1: So in that in that instance, the UC infringed on their area. I mean, it's not even land. It's like their region of space. They didn't want it. And so they they reached out for help. And the UC should have. The should shoulds are always difficult. But in this context, according to what the citizens, the the locals wanted, they didn't want that there. So they should have packed up and moved somewhere else. But clearly that was not part of their agenda. And so it led to this conflict. So
2: I think you've got a good grasp of it. At least that's how I see it is, is they're kind of the ones that are that are at fault. They shouldn't you know, they shouldn't have gone to. Um, you know it's like it's like America going to um, China and and trying to build a Walmart like right in the middle of town that has like George Washington like shooting off a rocket in front of it like yeah sure that's not harming anyone but it's not exactly (laughs) yeah it's it's tricky it's
1: tricky like there are a lot of uh, humanitarian organizations that go to places places with like not clean water and uh, limitations on food and medicine and all of that stuff and it's one thing to say we're giving you stuff whether you want it or not it's another to say hey we're here do you want us, you want us to help or no <laughs> like right. and letting the locals choose and if they say yeah well, okay we do want your help and this is what that means and 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 you're up and up and honest about it and in agreement then there's less of an issue there right it's it's right. it really just comes down to forcing what you want on other people and most people are not cool with
2: that most of the right. time and it makes me think about Amazonian tribes in like Brazil, like the Brazilian government has come in and they're like, OK, well, we want to go contact those people. And they're like, yeah, no, we don't. Yeah. We don't want you. We yeah. don't want your cell phones. We don't want your cars. We don't want any of that. We're going to stay here and be happy. And you can just like F off for all I care. Right. You know?
1: Right. Which is that's I mean, they're humans. Right. That's their Right. right. They, they have the right to choose that we should all we should theoretically. Here's another should theoretically have the right to make our own decisions and not deal with other people telling us how we should live our lives. Right. So, yep. yeah, as long as you're not killing people and, you know, breaking significant laws, that make sense and all of that stuff. But anyway, man, this is this could very easily segue into all sorts of other stuff. But that's the uh, the Narion conflict, the Narion war. It's technically a war that lasted 20 years. And uh, Dave, this has been fun. Um, I know we're going to be chatting with our patrons come next week. So I'm excited to see mm-hmm. what they're going to suggest we talk about. We can pick any of these topics. We could, man, we could do something really silly for Thanksgiving if we wanted to
2: yeah. here in the U.S. Um, you got other stuff going on before we head out? Uh, Rad Rules is doing the uh, prep work for the Fallout 2D20 campaign. You can listen to that. It's all being documented. It follows a community in Kansas for a full year after the the bombs drop and Fallout, and so it's what well, you know, a place that the bombs didn't hit, and and what they did, and um, what they came up with. Um, did they make? Uh, escape rooms to entertain people but then it actually turned into the hunger games where now people are competing to escape the escape rooms much like saw and the winners get special privileges but yeah that that definitely happens and a lot more craziness like haunted corn cobs and, and all kinds of stuff um and that's on rad rolls it's on all of our podcast services you can listen to it if you like actual play ttrpgs uh rad rolls There you go, awesome
1: stuff. And of course I do a bunch of other lore casts about Fallout and Elder Scrolls and Lord of the Rings and Mass Effect. Everything is on whatever podcast you're listening to this on, or if you go to RobotsRadio.net and look for that, or a lot of those have their own YouTube channels as well. So just search that stuff. You'll find it. And thank you for being here, everybody. Thank you for being here chat. Uh, we love having your comments in the, the live stream. And uh, we'll be back next week with our patrons. So that's coming up. And if we don't see you until then, have a wonderful Thanksgiving if you're celebrating in the U.S. or just another wonderful week. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.
2: Tell a friend and review On iTunes Or other services Dave and Tom Excited for Starfield Let's all speculate and wear no shoes Hey, why aren't we wearing any shoes? Because shoes rhymes with iTunes And that's the best I could think of
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom All in the Kroger app